God, we thank you for that. We thank you for a love that the world has never seen, a love that continues far above and beyond anything that we could ever hope and imagine. And I just pray that as we're here today that you would remind us again and again and again of the love that you have for us, of the sacrifice that you made for us, and of the fact that you just want to be with us in deeper ways than we could ever know. It's in Jesus' name that all God's people said. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, church. Good morning. I'm really glad to be able to be back with you. For those who don't know me, my name is Michael. I'm our pastor of youth and young adults here at Freedens. Super happy to be able to be with you here, seeing that you're all actually awake out of the turkey comas from this weekend. We're doing okay. Um, we find ourselves in the, at, towards the end now of this series that we've been in called the Holiday Survival Guide as we find ourselves in the middle of what is one of the craziest times of the year. And we've made it through part one of two. So with just a show of hands, how many of you would say that you had a pretty good and relatively successful Thanksgiving? Amen. Made it through. You're all here. Like I said, we're all awake. The turkey's worn off. And we did as well. I did have too much turkey. Um, Katie and I got back from Indiana last night because we were visiting her extended family, which was, it's always a really good time. And we came back and greeted our cats, which went just as you would expect cats greeting you to go. Like a dog actually like comes up and they're happy to see you, but our cats just kind of wandered up and they were like, oh, you're home. That's nice. Can you get me some food? That would be great. Like they just started making a beeline back towards where that was. So that went about as well as I would expect. Um, my personal ban on Christmas music is officially lifted because Thanksgiving has passed. But all that really means is now I don't have to sneak around listening to Christmas music. I can do it out in the open because that started well before November began. So, you know, there's that. But Thanksgiving has passed, and now the race to Christmas um, kind of begins. So over the past four weeks... We've really wanted to equip you with a lot of different ways to deal with some of the insanity that is the holiday season. So some of the things that we've talked about um, way back in the beginning of this series, we looked at margin and the fact that it's important to make time in our lives to actually make time for things. That the things that we give our time and our attention to really do show what we value as important in our lives, and that ultimately what we want to make time for is Jesus. We looked at attitude, and that during this time of year, it can be really easy during the holidays to put on grumpiness and short tempers, but really what we want is to act in compassion and kindness and in the love of Jesus towards others. We looked at peace, and we looked at that it can be really easy in the holidays to fall into the traps of gossip and fighting and backbiting, um, but it's incredibly important to learn how to navigate some of those tense situations with grace and with truth. And we also looked at the juxtaposition of grief and praise last week, how the holidays can sometimes bring up some hard things and some hard memories and loss that we feel for a lot of us, but that we need to learn how to hold those things together, that we can equally feel our sorrows and our grief, and at the same time still reach out and praise God for who he is and what he's done. And now we arrive here today at the close of this series. What do we do with all of this information? Because it's a lot of things that are floating around, a lot of things to handle. What do we do with all of this? It's been a lot to take in 
over this last month? How do we put this into practice? So if what we are ultimately trying to do is to be disciples, is to be learners of Jesus, if what we are ultimately trying to do is to learn how to live and how to love in the way of Jesus, then interestingly, what we can do this holiday season is actually a lot less about doing, and it's a lot more about being. So today, we're going to read through a passage that's in Philippians chapter 2, and I invite you to start to turn there even now. And my hope is that by the time we are done today, that we can see that one of the best gifts that we can give this holiday season is being present in the life of another. Or, to put it in a little bit of a fun way, we can give the present of our presence this holiday season. So with that, why don't you bow your heads with me and let's pray as we go before the Lord today. God, we thank you. As we just sang, we thank you that you are a God who did not just stay on high, but you're a God who came down to be with his people. And I pray today that you would remind us of your presence here, already here, already working among us. That you would help us as we learn, as we are learning from you how to live and how to love like you, that we too could go forward and just bring that presence to those around us. It's in Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. So let me break down for you kind of where we're headed this morning. And we're going to be reading through Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11 together. And then I'm going to take it and kind of break it down, and we're going to look at it backwards from the end, and we will end at the beginning, and it's going to just help to illustrate um, what's being said in a little bit of a clearer way. So I ask that you just bear with me. Um, It's all going to make sense eventually. Just as a little bit of background, Philippians um, was written by Paul while he was in prison to the church in Philippi, and he's writing to encourage them um, to continue on in the faith and to continue on doing as they have been doing. He's very encouraged by their support of him, even though he is in prison. And so he's just writing to them to keep the faith. So this is Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. It says this. So, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others as more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross." Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth 
And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Can we just get an amen for that? Amen. Amen. My goodness, Paul. Um, Paul, like it's just a beautifully laid out passage, right? And no matter what sometimes he would try to claim as he wrote, like Paul, like he certainly knew how to write. That is really just kind of inspiring. So let's travel now. We're going to go down to the end of this third little section and work our way back to the top. So the culmination of this passage of Scripture has this exultation about who Jesus is. So for our purposes today, again, as we learn to live and love in the way of Jesus, we're going to start with the end in mind, which is Jesus So this is what Paul says about Jesus, if you look now at verses 9 to 11, right at the end there. It says this, Therefore God has highly exalted him, talking about Jesus, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is Jesus. And in this moment, Paul's just worshiping him in all of his glory as best as he can through writing. So in this third little section, we see Jesus as exalted. This is Jesus. He's high and lifted up. He is wonderful and exalted with a name that is above every name. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and that everybody eventually will confess that Jesus is Lord for the glory of God. Jesus deserves and receives all of the glory and the honor and the praise that is due his name. It is his, and it is his alone. And that's what we learn here. And this is the Jesus that we are here to serve. This is the Jesus that we are here to love. And this is the Jesus that we look to become more and more like. And if this ending, these few verses, if that was all there were for today, that would seem pretty unattainable, almost to the point of impossibility, right? But thankfully, Jesus does not remain kind of up there, high and exalted in the clouds, and leave us down here with this impossible gap between us um, that we could never hope to attain. He makes a way for us to be able to move towards these things. So let's move back a little bit to this middle section, which is in verses 5 through 8. Just give me a moment. Verse 5 says this. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So the passage we're reading today, it ends with this this idea, this view that Jesus is exalted, but here we see this exalted Jesus as our example Paul writes to the Philippians that they should have this mind among themselves. And what mind was that? It was the mind of this exalted Jesus. Jesus was God, but he didn't hold it up 
and rule over us selfishly. Jesus was God, but Jesus models with his life what it looks like to serve and to be with others. Jesus was God. He was to be worshipped and adored, but he didn't just perform like little parlor trick miracles to try to make himself look really good. He lived a life that was full of grace and truth in such a way that he actually gave of himself for us. Jesus was God, and he was the only perfect man to ever walk the face of this earth, and this perfect man lived in service to others. And what's more, Jesus was not only like an example of such a life, because there are lots of people who are examples of being good ways to live, but Jesus both models for us and provides a way for us to participate in this lifestyle of service and presence. Um, In that verse it says that this mind of Jesus, this way of being, this servant attitude and mindset is yours in Christ. It's when we're found in Jesus that we now have access to a different way of pursuing relationships with those around us. It's only when we're living Jesus-centered and Jesus-filled lives that we can really live out this way of relating to our friends and to our families and to our neighbors and those around us. So think back to all the stories that we get to see in the Gospels, these accounts of Jesus' life, all of the places where he's interacting and being with people. That's just the way that he lived his life. One of the most common complaints that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious elites had against Jesus um, wasn't, it, was, it was the things that he taught, but really it came down to the fact that he hung out with bad people, with tax collectors and with sinners. Like by social standings, like Jesus, he, he just had a really bad company that he kept, if you looked at it from that way. But that's how he was. He went to where people were. And even when Jesus was teaching, he didn't just sit his disciples down in a classroom and teach them the ten principles of biblical leadership and then leave, although there's a place for that. He was with them in life. He walked with them and showed them and modeled for them what leading looked like. He didn't just sit in the synagogue and make people travel for hundreds and thousands of miles to come hear his wise words. Jesus went to where people were and met them where they were at, and his presence was there with them, and he went to be with them and to help them. And that is the mind of Jesus. That's the mind that Paul is charging the Philippians to take on, this presence, this incarnational God-in-the-flesh kind of lifestyle that means that we go to where people are, and we are with them, because that's what Jesus did. And we have this Jesus, right? This exalted Jesus who comes down and then is Jesus our example. The question then is like the same as we began today. Like, what do we do with all of this? What do we do with all this information? We know that Jesus was perfect and he led this awesome lifestyle and he wants us to do it too. But how do we how do we do that? How do we participate in that? So come back with me, please, to verses 1 through 4, the very beginning of this passage. It says this. So, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, 
any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. So here's what Paul is saying there. If watching the example of Jesus has done anything for you, if you have any desire to be a part of the life that he offers, then do, do this thing for me. Go and do the same things. Paul is calling the church to be imitators of Christ's example. So if Jesus, the eternal, exalted, every knee will bow Jesus, is living his life in such a way, then we learn how to do the same things by doing it ourselves. We learn this kind of sacrificial, serving love that Jesus lived his whole life with through embodied participation. And embodied participation really just means that we take the things that we hear and the things that we read and we actually physically try to do them in our own real lives. Because it's only one thing to, you know, come on a Sunday and you can hear something that's pretty awesome and you can take notes and that's well and good. But if it doesn't impact you on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, like if it doesn't hit you in all of the areas of your life, then we have really achieved nothing. What Jesus wants for us is that he wants us to take the things that we know, to take the things that we have learned, and to follow in his example, to do the things that Jesus did. That's what Paul is charging them to do. He's saying, if there's anything that you've gotten out of this, any good notes that you've taken, any little quotes that you've put down, like, then go and do these things just as Jesus has. And we get to experience, again, this sacrificial love through doing it ourselves in what God is calling us to do. And the kind of love that God is calling us to is a love that holds others higher than ourselves. It's a love that looks out for the interests of others above just our own interests. And it does so without looking to gain status or our own glory or better reputation that glory, as we've seen, is God's alone. And as we continue to strive to live our lives in this kind of way, God is glorified when we live our lives out in this kind of presence and in this kind of love. So let's turn this passage kind of right side up again and work through it as Paul wrote it. So if we go back to verse 1, Paul, he calls this church in Philippi, and he calls us as well to humble ourselves and to lift up others around us and to serve them well. And we do so both by being found in Christ, and we do so because of Christ, who made a way for us to join him in living in this kind of way. He modeled this way of life for us, this, this sacrificial, serving, present love for us, even though he had every opportunity to selfishly hoard glory for himself. He could have puffed himself up and been an awesome ruler and an awesome earthly king and leader and people would have came to him and served him and he could have fulfilled all of his own human heart's desires. But instead, he came to serve and he came to love 
and he came to be present to people, and he came to empty himself for us, even to the point of death on a cross. And it's because of the fact that Jesus came down with all of this godliness and instead emptied himself for the very people that he created. Because of that, he deserves and receives all of the praise and the glory and the honor forever and ever. And this Jesus, this Jesus who does deserve and receives all of the praise and all of the glory, whose name is above every other name, this Jesus served people and he loved them well. And as he does, he calls us to go and try and do the same. And what better time to start than now? The best gift that we can give this holiday season um, is the gift of ourselves, like Carissa talked about earlier. It's serving each other. I heard in another sermon the phrase, looking to outdo each other in love, to one-up each other in love. So let this Christmas season right here, right now in 2019, let this be the catalyst um, to try to live this life of service and presence in outdoing each other in love. So your presence, you yourself, your presence is your present this holiday season. And that isn't to say that, like, we don't do things. So if you're sitting there thinking, okay, I can just, honey, you're going you're gonna to do the dishes. And Pastor Michael said, my presence is my presence, so you can do. And I'll just be here cheering you. Like, no, 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 no. Like, that's, that's not what we're saying. There are still things to be done. And there are ways to serve people that involve doing things. But our presence isn't just something that becomes now like a check off, a check box on the list of things that we had to get done. Like, that's not how this works. At the very beginning of this series, we heard the story of Martha and Mary. And I'll just recap that for you a little bit. Jesus is coming into town, and he's going to come stay with Martha and Mary. And Martha is running around, and she's prepping everything and getting everything ready. And Jesus shows up, and Martha's still running around and getting everything ready and prepping everything. And Mary decides to just kind of take a seat and be there with Jesus and listen to him. Because that's, that's what he wanted. And Martha gets really upset and she says, Jesus, like, tell my sister to come help me. I'm trying to do all of these things for you. And Jesus says, Mary has chosen what's important. That's not going to be taken from her. And one could argue that Martha was serving Jesus, right? She's going around and getting everything ready and, you know, prepping the meal and all that kind of stuff. Like, she's doing good things, but... Mary chose to just be present to him. And in that way, like, she actually chose the better thing. Her presence wasn't something that you just needed to check off. It wasn't just another thing to be anxious about or another thing to get worked up over. What Jesus wants more than even just us doing things for him is our ability to be with him. And as we learn to sit with Jesus and sit as his feet, we take that then and we go bring it to others, just our presence. The gift we're giving is ourselves. So serving doesn't always equal doing. It includes listening. It includes being there for someone. It includes offering advice or help when appropriate. It's weeping with those who weep. It's rejoicing with those who rejoice. Serving doesn't mean doing more. It isn't something that just needs to be checked off. It's a way of living life that makes you aware of the needs of those around you. 
And it's a way of living life that makes you intentional then to care for those needs. One of the best forms of service is just listening and being present to the life of another, putting their needs above your own. Our availability is more important than our ability. I'll say that again. Your availability to others is more important than your ability. Let me tell you a little story. I have a friend back home um, who's going through some pretty tough stuff right now just in their life. There are a lot of things that um, just are not the way that they should be. And so whenever we can, Katie and I will chase out back to Oconomowoc and we'll just go hang out with them. We'll entertain their kids. We'll bring them some coffee. And we're just there. We don't just sit down at a table and try to fix all of the things that have been broken and try to deeply analyze the situation and figure out where it went wrong and we're going to make this right, right here and right now. Like, that's, that's not the point. And maybe someday there will be some helpful things that we can sit down and talk through and process. But maybe that's not today. Maybe today we just go over and give them somebody that they feel like they can talk to, somebody they can have fun with and feel like that they're, they're themselves. That's what's important. So that's what we offer. And sometimes, like, we get into it and we talk a little bit deeper about what's going on. But other times we just go and get Culver's. That has nothing to do with the cheese curds, like, almost magical properties to make you feel better, but, you know, it doesn't hurt. Sometimes it's just a Culver's kind of day, you know? But either way, all we're offering is ourselves. We have no special expertise, not licensed psychologists or counselors or anything like that. We're just offering our presence to be able to be there for them when they need someone to be. And that's enough. And that's all Jesus is calling us to. Um, so here... It's kind of a little, little, little challenge for this upcoming season, this upcoming month of December and then even beyond. So each day, if you can, take some time to participate in out-loving the people that are around you. So in some small way, no matter what it is, do something to serve and to care about and to be present to those that are around you. You can do this by yourself. You can do it as a family, but try this next, this next month to create this habit and this culture of presence to others. Now this challenge, I just want to caution, it's more of a guide and a reminder than it is an actual like challenge, quote unquote. So if you get caught up trying to do something each day and maybe you miss a day and then you beat yourself up because your day's present to people average has now dropped significantly, then like the whole point has been missed. Rather, this is to try to help you create a habit and an awareness of the people around you and being present to others like Jesus. So remember, right, like the present of your presence can take a whole lot of different forms. And your availability is way more important than your actual ability. If you're somebody that's feeling pretty strong and you can go shovel your neighbor's driveway all winter, awesome. All power to you. If that's how you feel like you want to serve, go for it. For those of you who maybe don't have the arms to be able to pull that off, but you really love to cook or to bake, um, and that's how you love people is with food, like bring your neighbor some food. That is also equally awesome. If you can't bake at all, <clears throat> me, 
I can follow a cookie recipe to the letter and it will be terrible and Katie will do it and it's beautiful and I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I can't. So me bringing you cookies is not the same as Katie bringing you cookies. You would take hers and mine would just be like, oh, thanks. <laughs> but if you can't bake, like me, but maybe you love drinking coffee, also like me, take somebody out to coffee. If you hate coffee, and for whatever reason, I don't know why you would, but you know, if, if that's you, but you're a really good listener, just offer that up. It doesn't matter what the thing is that we're doing. What matters is that we approach people with that mind of Christ, with the same love and heart that Jesus did, making them feel valued and important and loved in whatever form they need. So this holiday season, let's lean in to that discipleship. Let's lean into that learning about Jesus. Lean into that how to live, how do we love like Jesus. And use his example, this exalted Jesus' example of service and outpouring and outloving all the people around him. Let's lean into that and give the present of our own presence to the people around us this Christmas. Why don't you bow your heads and let's pray. God, we know that you are here. And we thank you that you are a God who is always present, even if we don't see it, even if we don't feel it. But I pray during this Christmas season, as people just seem a little bit more um, accepting of those kinds of acts of love and service, that we would go out with a little more boldness, with a little bit more clarity, and a little bit more willingness to try to take these things and live them out in our own lives. Give us wisdom and discernment for those around us that might need a touch of your love, even starting today. And help us to just have eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart that is open to the work that you are doing in us and through us to the world around us. God, we thank you for your presence. Again, that you're just an ever-present God. And help us to follow in your example that if the God of the entire universe can come down and pour himself out for other people, that we would be glad to go and do the same. Help us to step out of our comfort zone a little bit. Help us to love people that maybe we don't even know. Or help us to love people that we do know and we know that they're going to be the hardest to love. But in everything, we just pray that you would receive all the praise and the glory the honor that is due your name. God, we love you. Help us to go and love others well. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Why don't you stand as we close in song today? Should nothing of our efforts stand, no legacy to you.